the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I are called to be imitators of Jesus. So what is it we're imitating about Jesus? Well, that's what we're looking at today and tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Join us. Romans 12, the Apostle Paul says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Indeed, that is our illustration and example that has been left by our elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. An example we are to follow. It is the heart of Jesus that we are looking at. We invite you to join us today from Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose, online at reformedheritage.org. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Big subject today, the heart of Jesus. In verses 9 through 13, the Lord teaches us how his love will come to be expressed in each one of us, those who know him. We're called his body. We won't be hypocrites. We will hate evil. We will hold fast to what is good. We will have a brotherly affection for one another. In fact, if we don't love other Christians, we don't love Jesus. If we prefer the world to Christians, we don't love Jesus. In honor, we will prefer one another. We will rush and push forward to make sure other brethren are honored, even if we are not. Verse 10. We won't be lazy when it comes to serving the Lord. There will be a certain degree of fervency in us, like as was said of our, said by our Savior, a zeal for our Father's house ate him up. And why is this? Because we are, verse 11, serving the Lord. It's the Lord Christ that we serve. And if we are sleepy, there's something wrong with us. When we go to work, when we serve in the body, when we serve in our homes, we serve the Lord Christ, the one who laid down his life for us. Yes, this is difficult. So verse 12, three pillars were given. We have hope and we rejoice in it. We don't have all the strength and goodness we would like now, so we set our affections on God's promises of life with him forever, of fellowship with our Lord Jesus of hearing our Savior say, well done. And we rejoice in these things because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And just like if we don't love Christians, we don't love Jesus, we can't serve Jesus if we don't rejoice in him and have some sense of joy in what he has done for us and what he is doing for us. And then if we have that joy, verse 12, we are patient in tribulation, pillar number two. Now, perfect, perfectly patient, not perfectly patient, 
But we do remember this life is but a brief, light, momentary affliction in light of the glory that is to come. And so rejoicing in him and looking unto him, he produces within us patience, the ability to wait upon the Lord and to endure difficulty, hoping in him. And of course, pillar number three, that puts us on our knees. Again, verse 12, continuing in instant prayer there in the very last phrase. We need to pray like we need to breathe. I'm weak every moment, and so are you. You have no strength in yourself. You cannot be a mother in your own strength. You cannot do uh, one good thing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can't be a father. You can't be a businessman. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how many years you've been doing what you do. You may not even have recognized the, the whole time that it has been Jesus' strength in you. So an important part of walking with him would be to repent for thinking that his strength was yours. Because we can only do things through Christ. He is the one who strengthens us. And because the Lord Jesus is in our midst, verse 13, we want to distribute to the needs of the saints. Who are these saints? Yes, the saints are sinners. Do they irritate you and I? Yes, from time to time. Do they cause us trouble? Yes. Do we sometimes not get along? Certainly, but they are saints and God loves them. So we want to, as God has put something in our hand, give it away with the other and especially to show hospitality because when we invite others into our home and minister to them, we are inviting Jesus into our homes. And we might be tired. We might have had a hard week, but no one is too busy to say, Ah, Jesus, could you not come over today? I've been kind of busy. Things are kind of dusty around here. My children have been giving me grief. No, the Lord Jesus produces in us a heart of love, so we want to show hospitality. Now, verse 14, 14 is a little more difficult. And in many respects, I believe this may very well be one of the high water marks of Christian love. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. To bless, the language first means to ask God to bless those who injure us. It means to speak a good word to those who speak a critical or a persecuting word to us, and don't curse. And everything here, beloved, is an imperative. These are all commands. This is like our Father, is it not? Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. As Jesus concludes the first part of his sermon, he says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. 
For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do you not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans do so? Be therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. The Lord, said Jonah, is gracious, full of compassion and slow to wrath, and that is toward his enemies. Read the fourth chapter of Jonah, toward his enemies. Think about those who you may be aware of in the news that are leaders and you're angry at. We know of injustices within the reach of our own congregation, people who are wrongly imprisoned, people wrongly bereft of their children. We know of these things, and yet God called the Son to rise on those people this week, and he fed them and he clothed them. Our own nation, we may have our own set of crimes that deserve God's punishment, but no former foreign armies invaded this week, did they? We continue to click on. The Lord is gracious, full of mercy, and slow to anger. So like him, we are to bless our enemies. We are to speak a good word. We are to pray a good word upon those who do evil to us. But we are not only like our Father, we are like our Savior. And all these things that we will look at today are really his heart of love in us. Because we do not love. You cannot love unless you know the Christ of love. You don't love yourself. You don't love your husband. You don't love your wife. You are basically a hater. You are a selfish man or woman until the Christ of love changes you and makes you able to deny yourself and put others ahead of yourself. The Lord Jesus, on the day in which he was crucified and he hung on the cross, he was bearing all of our judgment as all of those prophecies of the Old Testament were being fulfilled and he felt them, that he was being bruised, that the sword was being plunged into his breast as the burnt offering for our sins. When the Father was putting him to grief and laid upon him all of our sins, the Father hid his face from him, and the Lord cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the earth went blank with a global eclipse as the Son of God literally became sin and took hell upon himself for us. In the midst of his sufferings, in the midst of his agonies, In the midst of the maltreatment, the spitting, the mockery, the jeering of these, those around him, he makes one of the most remarkable statements to ever come out of human lips as he looked at the jeering Jerusalem crowds who were there for Passover and who screamed for his crucifixion. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, whether or not those words mean that all these people were saved doesn't matter. That is not the main point. The main point was that love, that is, the Lamb of God, the Holy One, was crucified for the unholy when it was our sins, not His. He had done no wrong. 
There was no guile in his mouth. He did one time yell out at a feast, Which one of you can convict me of sin? Why don't you believe me? I'm pure. I'm holy. I've obeyed my father perfectly. And that holy soul was being tormented, wrongly persecuted on the cross. And he looked at his tormentors who deserved to have fire come down from heaven and destroy them. How dare they crucify the Lord of glory? But he knows they did it in ignorance. And there was no vengefulness in his breast. There was no retaliatory spirit. It was just, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is the model of Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. You see, when we react with a retaliatory spirit, I'm going to get even. That is anti-Christ. It's anti-Jesus. Remember that Jesus not only died for his enemies, and that would include those of us here who do know him now today, but remember how he healed and fed those whom he would later, who would later cry for his death and reject him as the Messiah. So when we are commanded here to love our enemies, to love those who speak evil of us and speak a good word to them, we can't offer any excuses. We can't say, well, but they are God's enemies. They may be, but we are not the judge. And how does God treat his enemies? With kindness and long-suffering and gentleness. Oh, yes, sometimes he judges, and he will judge on the final day. But mostly in history, his work is long-suffering and patient. We might say, what about the imprecatory psalms? Well, sometimes we may need to pray to bless and ask God to use imprecatory help at the same time. But still, that is not with any type of vengefulness. That's not with any, I've been wronged here. That is with a sense for God to be honored in dealing with his enemies as he sees fit. The point here is that no matter what is happening to us, no matter how men curse us, no matter how much we are made fun of or how or have been passed over for a promotion because we're Christians. No matter if they shut down our businesses or we lose a project because we are Christians, we are to speak well of them to them and we are to bless them and ask for God to bless them. Now, of course, in our own strength, we cannot do this. We may be able to refrain and not do anything here, but that's not what this line is saying. The line is saying more than we refrain from punching them in the nose. It is saying that from within our hearts, our true spirit is to love them. Matthew 5, to pray for them, to bless them. In other words, this is an inward revolution that God affects in us by His Spirit. Our hearts may be breaking with sorrow. Our bodies may be racked with pain, but we are to be like our Father and like our Lord Jesus and love our enemies. This doesn't mean that we pray they will be blessed in their evil, but for the Lord to change their heart, 
to turn more Saul's into Paul's and to use their evil to bring good to his people. Only the Lord Jesus can free us of our vengefulness, our, our hurt feelings, our acute sense of personal justice. Well, that's just not right. I bet you at some point everyone in here today has uttered these words, at least to yourself. That's not fair. Every time you are tempted to think that, just remember the cross. It may not be fair, but Father, forgive them. Bless those who are injuring and persecuting that we may show ourselves to be your true children. Again, again, we can't do this. So we need to remember Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who is strengthening me. You see, by his strength, we can see, wait a minute. This is my father's hand in this criticism. This is my father's hand in this mockery, in the ridicule I feel for being a Christian. This is my father's hand. So I'm going to trust that even though men mean things for evil, my father means them for good. Jesus was right. We are of a different spirit. Remember when the disciples said, Lord, the Samaritans are listening to your word. Let's call down fire. If you want us to, Lord, we'll call down fire. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. We are of the spirit of love and of grace. And the kingdom within us is very different than this spirit of the world. It is very different. It is the rule of our Savior's love in us, of His grace, of His humility, of His meekness and His gentleness. And as that kingdom lives out in our lives, it shows the world that we are men and women of God. That we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it then challenges them. There is a different way. There is a different way to live than to wear your rights on your sleeve, which you don't really even have. To wear this sense of fairness and you can't hear me and you must affirm me. And if you don't affirm me, I'm going to lash out. If you don't accept me just as I am, I will let you know about it and you won't like it. You see, that's not what we are about. That is a devilish spirit. We are of Christ and we have his love in us by the Holy Spirit. And when we live this way... The world may not be convicted. It may not change the way it is treating you and I. But at least there will be a testimony that by this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Loving your enemies, loving each other. Now we need to bring this a little bit closer to home. You know, in the West, at least, there is no systematic physical persecution going on right now. Most of the cursing we receive as Christians is far more subtle. It is more emotional and relational. And it would be easy to just dismiss this and say, well, you know, if they ever light the fire at my feet, then I'll bless them and pray for them. But for the most part, right now, I'm just going to continue as I am. Now, there may be a day when some of us, even here, 
know how we might act here, can know how we might act, may not know how we can act in that hour. And it is to ask ourselves, so we need to ask ourselves a few questions. Like when my family members disagree with an opinion of mine or when they criticize me or when they blame me for something I didn't do or maybe my extended family criticizes my faith and my convictions, how am I to respond? How do I treat them? When a professing brother takes a different view on a point of doctrine or practice or maybe he even decides to leave our church family to pursue another one, how do we treat him? Do we take it out on him? Maybe it's quietly kind of holding him at arm's length. Maybe even treating him as an enemy. Oh, my friends, there is too much in the church today of you're either with me or you are against me. There is only one person who can say that, and it is Jesus Christ. There is only one person who can say this. He is the only one. What about in our places of businesses? When a co-worker insults us, do we gossip? Do we try to influence the court of public opinion so that people will rally around us? In our congregation here, maybe there's a difference on a point of doctrine or practice or worship or something of this nature. Do we try to divide members and poison one another so that everyone will be on our side? You know, our hearts are so deceptive and wicked. We can hate with smiles on our face, with an expression of pious concern. Or we can just be vindictive, cold-hearted, and pout. But either way, this is not Christ's spirit in us. This is pride. It is selfishness. It is wickedness. It is amazing how our pride can turn us against one another. Let's say there are legitimate differences of opinion. Is that an excuse for us to go to war against those of whom Jesus died? We need to remember a few things here. Wisdom does not die with us. There are things we think we know that we are wrong about. We don't have a corner market on absolute truth. Oh, we love God's word and We know His Word is absolutely true. But that doesn't mean all of our interpretations and applications are the 11th, 12th, and 500th commandment. So there is a humility as we handle God's Word and a willingness to listen. When we treat others like, you either decide with me or I'm going to get back at you. It's almost like taking Jesus down off the cross if it were possible and just ripping him to pieces. We don't want to do this. As James said, we're, where do fighting and wars come? James 4 verse 1. Do they not come from the lust that are within you? The lust of always having to be right, of always having to have the last word, of never really wanting to be close to people unless they see everything like you do? How boring and how miserable that is. That is why he said earlier in chapter 3, My brethren, these things ought not to be so to be. Did the fountain send forth from the same source sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a vine figs? 
You see, if Jesus has cleansed our hearts, then we can't wear our feelings on our sleeves or demand that everyone hold to our opinion or be cold to our wives unless they love us just like we think they should or to our husbands unless he does what you think he should with your children or in taking care of things around the house. And I could go on and on with this, of course. But if Jesus has cleansed us, we still need to seek more cleansing every day. What comes out of our hearts must not be, do it my way, or I can't love you. If you injure me, I'm going to pay you back. No, it is Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 40 408- 8665607 that's 4088665607 our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is reformedheritage.org and then of course you can write to us at PMB that stands for post mailbox number 402 1484 Pollard Road Los Gatos California the zip code is 95032 Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.